time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. You've seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Schmitty Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy day. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Happy Thanksgiving to all our American and is it Canadian too? Do they have Thanksgiving? I the believe same they do. They do? have something. Oh, now you're making me look. Dumb. Oh, you see, that's terrible. I really, I apologize to everybody you know in what? Canada. But happy Thanksgiving to everybody happy all over the world. Whoever covers, whoever uh, right. covers, whoever, whoever celebrates. Yes. Oh my God, that's my old brain. And I am thankful that she did Paula <laughs> Bloom is here, our Hello. resident psychologist, know everything, make you feel better, amazing person. I'm Paula, so we love you. Talking Thanks about for Thanksgiving, coming back. I'm grateful for you too. Thank you so much. And I'm Thank so you. grateful that everybody is, you know, following up on their Thanksgiving tradition and listening to us on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day around the table after <laughs> dinner. It's rather like dessert. the Queen's. It's rather like the Queen's speech. <laughs> yes. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Day. Everybody exactly. stops what the they're doing, stops like, their eating at three o'clock. It's a tradition. You know, you watch the parade, you watch football, but you listen to this in the middle. Yeah. Yes. And you know, this is great. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are either cooking or eating or having dessert or you know, it's a great escape. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Family, talk amongst yourself. I have to go upstairs and do something. I have an appointment uh, to listen to a podcast. We won't disappoint. Paula, you have helped us so much just just with our general everyday problems. <laughs> so, um, I know you've just got a new dog. You've I got do. a new puppy. So yes. I want you to be able to ask Aww. me any information. So anybody of you, any out, anyone out there who has a puppy... Or he's just got a new dog. You need to listen to this. First of all, tell us about the puppy. Yes. So her name is Suki because my daughter and I are obsessed with the Gilmore Girls. That's the Melissa McCarthy character. Um, Not that my husband and son didn't have a say in it, but they didn't. Her name. (laughs) And um, she's a boxer. And she's like gained half her weight in two and a half weeks or How something like that. How old is she when you got her? Um, eight weeks. And now she's 10? And now she's like, yeah, 10 or 12 Aww. weeks. Yeah, 10 weeks. But I love she's, that puppy phase yeah. where they're like gawky uh, and awkward and they smell like puppy. I was an IQ when I was gawky and awkward. I know, right? I know. No, nobody really is. She's so cute. So, okay, Victoria. So I have a few questions. Yes, go for the it. The first one is, so we have another dog, Shayna, who's, you know, really scrappy and cool. And tiny. Tiny. She's like five and a half pounds. And so I'm wondering about, it's like when you have children who you want to parent them, you know, you love them equally, but you have to parent them differently because they're different people. So how do I, it's like Shana, we let her on the dog on the couch and all this stuff. Cause she's five and a half pounds. Mm. And you know, this isn't going to last very long where we can carry around Suki. And so how do you sort of train dogs differently? And I know we've talked about this little dog syndrome before, but do I have to do the same thing for each one in front of each other? Like, I don't know, but I am so confused and emotionally having issues because the dog <laughs> likes Steve so much oh, better. This and is, <laughs> you, the puppy likes, the puppy likes your husband so much better. Yeah. There's a little bit of, I want to use anthropomorphizing <laughs> going on here. I mean, Okay. Well, can we? Can we? Okay. Let, let's start I with the whole. Help, Victoria. Let's let's start There's, with the whole. Way I just you want parent. people to know because you're hearing us, you're not seeing us. But I want you to know that never has this happened in the history of podcasts where Victoria took my pen and is taking notes. <laughs> 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 sorry. Usually she's like, but this Wait. is good. Well, you know what? That's what I do Serious. when I have uh, sessions. I'm sorry. Uh, meetings with you guys. Yes. <laughs> you guys start talking, and I'm like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> what did you say about your mom? Susie, yeah. I just want to get it right. Okay. I think it's your expectations. What do you want for your boss? Are you going to allow your boxer on the couch? Do you want your boxer to be a cuddle muffin or do you want your boxer to stay on his bed on the ground, her bed on the ground? I mean, do you want your boxer to sleep in bed with you or are they going to sleep in the same bed with Shana and the boxer together? Are they going to sleep um, together downstairs? I mean, I think it's setting up your expectations. Have you spoken with your husband about what you want with both dogs? Because I truly believe it doesn't really matter the size of the dog. They're actually both dogs can be parented in a very similar way. Okay. And so what one rule replies to what uh, applies to one dog uh, should apply to the okay. other dog. Okay. Um, and, and that, you know, that depends. If you've got a working dog, sometimes they're going to be 
treated a little bit differently than a dog that's just a couch potato at home. But I, I do feel like dogs, you see, dogs learn from each other. That's they, what I was they wondering. Learn it's from not just us. what we model, right? It's no, what they model for each other. They do other. learn from each other's behavior. And therefore, uh, Suki now will... Mm-hmm will be learning from what Shana does. And so if your if your existing dog has great behavior and is very well behaved then then be thankful. But um if Shana has some particular quirks that you might not want Suki to pick up, then you have to be you you got to recognize that and stop that because they do mimic behavior. They will imitate your okay. behavior, they will imitate other dogs' behavior. And um Suki will be learning from Shana. So okay. I think that that's you, you got to talk with your husband and your kids about what a what responsibilities everybody has towards the dogs mm-hmm. and what your expectations are for okay. both dogs okay that makes sense it's just you know always the kind of thing not just like you were saying the working dog but when you know when creatures have different personalities again it's with my kids i don't parent them the same but i guess i'm but you know like on that note with Vic said my i have a barnsley my coonhound and cashmere my pit mix they're very different personalities but they have they picked up they bully right. each other and that's something that you know, because of how Barnsley reacted, Cashmere, and now they, Cashmere never used to be a bully, now she is, and I think it's in response, even though they're very okay. different dogs, okay. you know. And it, what, I mean, I know I don't, I tend to anthropomorphize, but what are your thoughts about sort of sibling rivalry with dogs? Like, I don't know a lot about, because we've, it's been rare that we've had two dogs at the same time, and so can you speak to, like, not just yeah. mimicking each other, but like, What's that relationship like, and how does it mimic like the people relationship and all of that? It's a good thing because same thing. I have a boy and a girl dog, and they're about six months apart, and there's tons of sibling rivalry. Victoria's helped me. Can we with. call it that? Is yeah, that yes, absolutely. I think you absolutely can, even though they're not they're not technically not siblings. Well, it's like you know when you adopt a child, they become part of your they're family. It's the same thing. Right? They are. There is rivalry. There is, and maybe we could sh- we could call it competition <laughs> more competition for resources. Resources, and I okay. and I do think you know with with animals, and and maybe they'll be able to tell us one day what they truly truly need and how they truly think but i do believe that when when a when a dog feels like somebody or something makes it feel good it wants more of it now if there's something that's stopping that dog having more of it then that could be seen as um you know you're getting in my way and so that's why we have a lot of dogs that will compete for various resources, such as food, such as people, such as a bed, a favorite place um, that, that, that they like to be, and or, or over a favorite toy. And we do see a lot of rivalry. You could call mm. it jealousy. You could call it um, competition. And you'll find that dogs become very controlling and they'll use various techniques to stop the other dog from having access. Mm-hmm. And that's either body blocking. For example, if you're giving attention to one dog, you might have another dog come in and literally force the other dog out with its body. <coughs> it won't do it, you know, it won't be doing it aggressively, but it'll literally come out, come in, come in between you and the other dog and then use its back end to push the other dog out the way. That's just basically saying, hey, I want access now. So dogs can be very controlling. Okay. This is good to know. So what do I, what do we, what do I do with that? Like how do I, you know, it's, people always say that when you have one kid and then you bring another one home, it's the equivalent of somebody saying, you know, maybe your spouse saying, I love you so much. I'm bringing home another one. <laughs> you know, like, and so this like, so good. Right, right, right. So what do you, what do you do with that? Like, how, I guess, is it similar? Again, I always go back to being a parent. Like, is it similar to, you know, you're special just like everybody else? No, just I love you and I love you and now I'm spending time with this one and now I'm spending time. It, what do I do? You hit the nail on the head there. I do think that it's really beneficial for you to spend quality time with both dogs by themselves as well as together. So when you take them out for a walk, they're enjoying something they both like together or anything, play a game, something that they both really like to do, you do it together. You're probably spending most of the time with 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 both of them. But then there are times when you're going to take one out for a walk and just spend some quality time. doesn't mean to say the other dog's by themselves at home. Your, the rest of your family can be with your other dog, but you're right. spending quality time with that dog. And... I do think once, you know, dogs are so much like children in so many ways. They have their dogdom too that we need to celebrate and and always understand that it's there. But dogs are said to have cognitive abilities of two-year-old children. And um, I, I also feel like they're quite childlike in their needs. And as long as that need is fulfilled, as long as you're giving them what they need, then you're going to have a dog that 
does not become anxious, does not become needy, does not require anything because you're giving it all to them. So that that balance between, hey, we're all going to do this together. I'm going to parent you the same because I truly do believe that dogs need to be treated the same. Um, but they are go- you're going to find traits that are going to mean that one dog is going to need something more than the other dog. And that's what you have to find. So, for example, if um, one dog prefers to eat by itself, you know, you manage that. You allow mm-hmm. that dog to eat by itself. And so you separate. If there's another dog that likes to walk but the other one doesn't, well, then, you know, you as your dog grows, you will find out what your dog wants or what your dog needs in order to be successful. So there's no right or wrong. There's no rule book. It's observation. I think observation is also key. You and your job. You observe body language, don't mm-hmm. you, as well. I mean, that's a large part of your job. I do, too, with dogs. I observe their body language. I find, are they happy in the situation? Are they a little nervous? Are they tense? And I get a lot of, lot of information just okay. by watching them and how they interact. I, I think that's what I need to do because it's also the discrepancy in size is hard. So um, the other day, Shana was you know, five showing pound. five and a half pound hardcore. Shana was <laughs> um, showing her teeth and, mm-hmm. you know... And and so my first reaction, it's terrible. It's like when you laugh at a little kid who gets really, you can't laugh publicly to them, but when they're you know three and indignant, it's adorable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the reaction, right? It just sort of elicits that. And so with Shayna, it's the same thing. It's sort of, you know, she's showing her teeth and I have to respect that. But why but was she showing her teeth? What was the situation? Yes, was so here's the situation. So um, Suki was just trying to engage and play with her. And so once in a while, Shayna will play back, but it's not predictable. To me, I can't discern any specific precipitant. Yeah, but isn't that a good thing, though? Because, you know, like she's learning boundaries. Yeah, I think, well, Shana is, don't worry if Shana shows her teeth. Okay. Because she is teaching um, Suki what she wants and what she she doesn't. And, you know, you've got, you do have two different energy levels there. And play can be fine. And then if it gets a bit rough, then Shana has to say, hey, enough already. Okay. And if Suki is is reading body language correctly, she'll back off. Now, the way you step in is if she doesn't back off. Because what you don't want is, because she's going going to turn into a teenager soon, and you know what that's going to be like, uh, an adolescent, and then adolescents test. You know, they test behavior. They test how far they can push things. So she's going to do that, and that's where you're maybe going to have to step in even more to say, hey, now now you both, you got to cool down. you got to leave Shana alone. Because Shana is the existing dog, She's the queen bee. She's been there before. And now you're bringing in this puppy and you have to make sure that Shayna doesn't get anxious and, and likes this pup as right. much as you do. So t- showing teeth, you know, because it's the kind of thing where we assume wagging tail means happy. And, you know, I know that you and I have had this conversation before about we make these assumptions about body language with dogs, but we're not always getting it right. So showing teeth can be like setting a boundary, but not necessarily aggression. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because so, I, I just, look, you know, I... Look, showing teeth is aggression. I mean, there's no, you know, we, it, okay. there, there is a ladder of aggression. This wonderful woman called Dr. Kendall Shepard um, in the UK has done this whole ladder of aggression. Okay. Yes, it's very, it's, it's, it's on the very lowest rung. It is. It is showing, it is a warning. Because, you know, if Shana really wanted to, she could go bite. I mean, all dogs right. can, but but biting actually makes you vulnerable because if you're going the whole way and you're actually going to biting, you are now setting yourself up for vulnerability. Because you're close, right? You're close, and you're also saying, "Hey, we're we're uh, we're fighting here, and uh, I'm going to bite you now." And dogs, I think, are pretty smart. They know that potentially uh, they're going to get bitten by back. So that's why violence amongst dogs is actually, or, or amongst a really dogs or a multi dog household that functions is very rare because actually dogs don't, don't want to uh, get hurt because that compromises their survival right right so that's a last resort thing the teeth though is a warning it's okay. an inhibited gesture it's a warning and so um suki better heed that warning it's, it's it, so let me ask you this taking one step further so uh barnsley my big uh, Coonhound, he um, resource guards, as you know, a toy, a bone, food, whatever. And um, oftentimes, like, you know, we allow the dogs on the bed. and But Barnsley, when he gets on the bed first, he'll growl and, you know, just like, I'm here and this is I'm king of the hill. And even if Cashmere is not even in the room, he'll growl. Or when she comes in, you know, he gives her the warning. He will show her the teeth and do that. 
I, though, at some point, now they're both adult dogs, they both know better, that's where I stop it. No, and then you're down. You do that, there's you a bet. consequence. You okay. bet. So there is a point when then you do, ha- you do have you to do step, step in. in. And that's where I'm saying, if things get too much... Um, and the growling and, sh- and and Suki's not backing down. That's when that's when you step okay. in. But you're right. If you've got now two adult dogs and one is controlling the bed, or controlling anything, um, that's where you say, well, you lose bed privileges until until you're not allowed on the bed until you can learn to share. Would you give a treat when they do learn to, like when you do see the behavior you want to see? No, you know that, you give that them love and attention. Yeah, it's more it's more about, for example, the reward is being up. The reward is being up on the bed. Oh, right, right, right. No, I okay. really don't use, even though people might think I use so many treats and training. When I when I first start to teach a cue, yes, I'll I'll, I'll use some food or toys or whatever motivates the dog, but I actually use very little food. So in in that situation where I've got a dog that may be growling another dog as it comes, uh, as my dog's on the bed and another dog comes in and my dog on the bed is starting to growl at the other dog that's coming in then i will have that dog on the bed get off no you don't you're not allowed on the bed until and but the the reward is getting back on the bed so okay let's say we've got shana let's put it so um suki's coming into the room and shana's on the bed and she's starting to growl i'm going to pick shana up i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to do not do anything i'm going to pick her up and i'm just going to put her on the ground and i'm going to wait and then I'm going to say hello to Suki, and I'm going to wait a little bit, and then I'm going to pick Shana up on the bed, put her up on the bed again, and see what she does. Now, if she growls again, she just gets taken up, put down on the ground. And I keep doing that until she can be on the bed. Suki gets up, and she's fine. And once she's fine, good girl. Good okay. girl. So basically, you're just saying... And I love it. I always say less is more. Less less using food, less... Um, Talking to them. I mean, I, I talk to my dogs all the right, time. Right. I'm just saying in that situation. Yeah, don't have to reprimand you. I'm saying no, you know, no, you don't have to do because your actions speak much louder than your words. Let me ask you a question um, going along that. So, like, for instance, when then I say, all right, Barnsley, you're off the bed. Cashmere will, you know, sometimes then get up and get on the bed. And she's fine. And I usually let her to say, look, that's good behavior. And Barnsley, and then I feel terrible, of course, you know. And then, but after a while, he will then either get up on the bed or he'll just go to his own bed. Should I not let her up and well, no know one's what? on? Because she's not bad behaving. She just doing she's, her thing. You know, and, and I think that's okay. I think there's a couple of scenarios. I think if it works and if Barnsley goes okay and then he gets back on the bed and he's fine, I think that's okay. Um, what what I what I would sort of tend to do is not have any dogs on the bed and start teaching them. So um, I would I would ask Kashmir to wait for a little bit. I would have Barnsley back up on the bed. Um, I would maybe have um, Sean take Kashmir out, mm-hmm. and then Kashmir could come in on her own again and see if the same reaction. And if Barnsley doesn't growl, then Kashmir comes up in the bed. It's fine. Does that make sense? Yep, that totally does. And okay. usually that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. So, and and so Paulie, you had this question this sort of emotional anthropomorphic. <laughs> oh, your dog right. loves your husband better than you. Well, I mean, love, what is love? No. There's this idea of it, it happens in our house a lot. Um, Steve Steve has a very different nature than I. See, now it's like I'm in psychologist mode trying to like emotionally figure out. Just tell out us what's, what's the going issue. On. What's going so on? Is it in, I mean, the issue is it just feels to me. No, it feels to me like just in general, the dogs, especially Suki, just wants to be around Steve. Let me tell you, in my house, my dogs like me better. Yeah. Honest to goodness, like when I'm home, they're with me constantly. When I'm not home, they'll hang out with Sean. But the minute I get home, I go up to bed, and Sean could be doing stuff around. They're in bed with me. Yeah, Wherever you I walk am, them, you are. feed them. Well, you that's do the thing. Steve more does a lot more of that. I mean, he ding, does ding, a lot ding, more ding, of that. There you go. So it's not just this like still connection. No, and I did, that's why I said I think in the last podcast, or I might have said it now. I forget um, that <laughs> my world. dogs will go towards things that give them comfort and right. pleasure. Yes. And, and what they can get most out of. So if you've got that primary That's person true. who's feeding them more, giving them more intention, taking them out for walks, doing more of the training. Right. Steve works from home. He's with the dogs. It is yeah. automatically yep, exactly. the dogs are going to be with that person that they are with most that gives them the most, you know, pleasure. Gives them the most pleasure. And that's just the way it is. And, and when he's out, you know, they're going to be with you. And uh, that's just... 
Right. Know, it's just how it is. It is I mean, honest to goodness. I mean, think about like, you know, if, if you had two people there and one was really nice and talkative and the other one kind of ignored you and one walked out of the room, which one would you want to hang out with? Which room right. would you go in? The one that you got, you know, it's right. like people. Right. And, you know, well, they, they did a study. Plus, I rubbed my legs with meat and yeah. they like meat. No, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, well, this, um, bacon in your pocket. <laughs> they did. They did this study in this university and I've forgotten what study it was, but they had, how was it? They had a dog watching another dog playing tug with a person. So there were two people with two tug ropes, okay, or a tug rope each. Um, the dog played tug with one of the people, um, and but when it go, went to try, oh, I think the people were separately. So first of all, they brought in a person with this dog to play a game of tug. Great. Then they brought in another person, same dog, and the person teased the dog with the tug rope. So wouldn't allow the dog to get the tug rope. Okay. Oh my gosh. So all right. So which which wow. person do you think the dog is going to choose at a later stage? Living in their own experience, they were to. observing it. They were yeah. So not only did the dog choose, that was playing, there was actually the demonstration dog that was playing, um, choose the person who'd played with him. The observer that's, dog. That's amazing. Cho- chose the person exactly. that was playing with, with the other dog. There you go. So I think all of these wonderful studies really show us yeah. what's going on inside the dog's mind. Very like us. Very much. Very like us. Very much. So wow. There's your answer. Yeah, Sorry. There it is. That's okay. And I think I guess the key for, for people in general, I'm always looking at the sort of psychological piece, is to not personalize. Like to get, that's as I'm listening to you, which is what always happens when I listen to you about dog stuff, is the idea of non-judgmental observation. Like just becoming an observer, a detective, and taking out the emotional piece, the anthropomorphizing piece. That's really helpful. That's Victoria. what I do. In every consultation I do, I have to remove myself. I mean, you, I'm sure you understand as you remove, I have to remove myself from whatever emotional stuff is going on because I go into really sensitive environments with really difficult problems. I mean, my gosh, the amount of times I've needed you there because I'm way beyond my pay grade with some of these families. And, um, and I go into these very sensitive situations. So I have to cut that all out and literally observe behavior, not just human behavior, animal behavior and human behavior together right so um well, we got we got I, I look i'm here whenever you need thank me. you victoria but maybe we should have you over of... for dinner soon oh my gosh <laughs> i want to come and meet this pe- meet beautiful all. pup i love i love um, boxes but i think we need to get on to uh, don't we, we have, have a, we ha- our mailbox for ask victoria is so full um okay. so let's get to them and by the way if you have a question um and you want to email us you can email us to the positively website it's positively.com slash ask victoria and um, it, our, our cup runneth over here, so let's get to some of these. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard, a genius? How do they make them miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process, they, they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't know my dog. Just ask Victoria. We love our sponsor for us, Victoria. Dogs delight in learning, and Zooks provides the energy they need to fuel every training session. For 20 years, Zooks has created natural treats that energize and entice your dogs with wholesome, antioxidant-rich ingredients. Zooks are as nutritious as they are delicious. Learn more at zooks.com. And I keep saying, after each time I'm reading this, um, is that my dogs love it, and they are great training treats. It just, they're perfect size, they're perfect smell, they're perfect chewies, and dogs love them. So really, you can just teach a dog to do whatever you want. Or a husband. Or her dad, uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Will it work for Sean? I'll let you know. Yeah, that, that's for our other It's all natural. <laughs> this is for, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, here is a question that I think every single person deals with, uh, me especially, so I'm starting with this because it's a little all about me here for a moment, and Addie from New York City. She says, how long is it okay to leave an adult dog by itself on a regular basis? I believe no longer than four hours, but my sister disagrees and leaves her dog by itself eight to nine hours a day, five days a week. Oh, yeah, that's such a tricky one. We've all got busy lives. We're all going out to work. Ah, uh, you know. That's why I say get another dog. I always feel like if there's two, then they have company. And I, you're good. <laughs> Makes me do feel you know, because I used to have, my, Sadie used to be my only dog for a mm-hmm. long time, and I really do feel, 
I feel that how selfish is that? I feel mm-hmm. better leaving mm-hmm. them, leaving her when Jasmine's here, because because then they keep each other company. And dogs are social animals; they need to have company. I I start to get very very uncomfortable when I get to the six hour mark. The six hour mark for me is and I'm sure when my dogs are fine. No, even when they're together, oh, okay. six hour mark for me is is enough because. But if I had to, if I had to go out and work, because I can work from home when I'm not traveling, if I had to go work eight hours a day, I would definitely get another dog. I'd also have to make, do my or research. Or a cat. Or a cat. Well, like, I don't know. I don't know. I always feel like there's a, as long as, like, I used to have a, a yellow lab, and but I had a cat. As long as there's another living, breathing being, they were together. I mean, they didn't necessarily play together, yeah, whatever, but I they're... But Victoria, you said, you just said... I always feel uncomfortable. How much of that is about you? Yeah, well, I told you. And how you. much of it yeah. is about the what the dogs well, like exactly. need? And no, but I, I I truly feel because because I know how dogs respond when they're by themselves, mm-hmm. and because I see and have seen so many behavioral issues occur in dogs that are socially isolated for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can make a better judgment call on how long a dog should be left by themselves. However, of course, it's a guilt thing for me. I, you know, when Jasmine, I had to take Jasmine to the sitter and um, for for Thanksgiving, and so Sadie was by herself for two days whilst Jasmine was at the sitter, and Sadie's now at a sitter as well. Um, I felt bad leaving Sadie even for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. She was fine. She was asleep. Mm-hmm. She had no issues. I was the one that had the issues. I encountered that so much in people where I've gone. We've actually put secret cameras. We've done filming mm-hmm. whilst the pe- person have gone out. We had this one who had two Great Danes, and um, she was she had such bad separation anxiety when she left those dogs. The dogs were fine. The they person actually, had separation anxiety. The person had terrible separation anxiety. She was the dogs were fine. They hung out and then they got into a bit of trouble and they're having a great time. Um, there's no separation anxiety going on there at all. She was the one that couldn't focus or concentrate when she was at the coffee bar whilst I was trying to keep her there. Um, then, unfortunately, when we got back to the house, we found that sofas had been eaten. Oof, but that mm. was a puppy. So, anyway, uh, but I've had other people say, my dog has terrible separation anxiety. The whole place is chewed and everything. And uh, No, the lady went out. The dogs were like, yeah, getting into everything, having fun, <laughs> chewing, getting the peanut butter, having a great time. So... Uh, all right. In answer to her question, yeah. I I think you need to vary it, and I think if you could maybe do doggy daycare a couple of days a week, mm-hmm. if your dog is sociable and loves to interact and play with other dogs throughout the day, if you could get a dog walker in the middle of the day, two mm-hmm. or three times a week too, great. Uh, maybe a day that length of time is fine, but you do have to vary it. If you do get another dog, I would still recommend a dog walker to come and to break that up, especially if you have a younger dog that needs to go out potty, you got to keep it nine, ten hours with a puppy. Or, no, 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 also, no, no, Also, doggy no. daycare, they come back exhausted, and usually, like, the next day, they're still pretty wiped out, and right. so you've taken care of a couple days of right, the week. Right, exactly. So, but, but again, it's the, the gas tank is full in the morning, and it's up to you to make sure that gas tank is full, is, is empty by the end of the day. It's, it's a tough mm-hmm. one for everybody who works, but I hope I've answered that question. Very good. Okay, here's a good question. This one's really interesting. Um, Brooklyn from Chicago, which is kind of funny there, <laughs> um, asks, my aunt has a Brittany Spaniel who is friendly towards all dogs except for chocolate brown labs. Yellow labs are fine. Uh, do dogs actually recognize other breeds, and is it common for them to develop prejudices against certain breeds? Yes, 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 wow. and yes. And I see it all the time. Um, really? If there's been a certain trauma or if there's been a fight or a dog's been attacked by a, a particular looking dog, particular breed of dog, then it can generalize that to other, other, other dogs that hmm. look similar. Absolutely, 100%, yes. Happens with people too, right? Yes, it like does. gender of the person or. Gender, or if you've got a man with a beard, or you've got a person of a certain color. Baseball hat or, or something. They, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. But you know, on the flip sometimes side. Sometimes males. Sometimes males, dog doesn't like males, yet it's fine with females. And it generalizes to all males. Mm-hmm. And the same the other way. 
you know, so yes. That's um, but do. would the flip side then be they take to a certain type of person and a particular person? So like, for instance, there's people I meet in my life who I just love. And really, I when I sit and analyze it, like what? Because they remind me of somebody who I adored in my past. So would that be like with dogs where they particularly like somebody because it reminds them of something? Or do we not I know? Think, I think they, I, I, I don't think that would be off the wall to think. I don't think any studies have been done about that. And if they have, please tell tell me. I don't know every single study that's been done. So if, you if you're listening, and <laughs> and and you know, please please tell me. Um, but but uh, yeah, wouldn't put it past them. Okay, let's. Uh, David in Vancouver says, considering the amount of inbreeding and deformities that plague certain breeds, is it ethical at all to consider buying certain purebred breeds known for their pedigree health problems? For example, a Cavalier, a Pug, French Bulldog. I love some breeds, but I don't even know if I can trust many breeders who claim to work to KC standards. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one, yes. Unfortunately, in the KC Kennel Club, which Mm -hmm. is the British Kennel Club and the American Kennel Club, there are such problems with certain breeds at the moment. And um, I think the KC is getting better at addressing breed-specific issues. But, you know, there's still the Neapolitan Mastiff, for example, is still very overbred and has terrible skin conditions, terrible orthopedic yes. conditions was the way it's, it looks. The, the pug has difficulty breathing, um, you know, and these Cavalier King Charles can still have issues with, with um, brain swelling. Oof. So um, that's, that, that is a problem. I think it's all about doing research because I'm not against purebreds. I really am not. Um, first of all, I always say, please go to your breed rescue. Uh, if, if, if you want to get a purebred and you can't find it in your shelter, go to a breed-specific rescue. There are so many of them around the country, around the world, where they have dogs that are no longer wanted, and they're absolutely fine, health-wise, behavioral-wise, that they just need a home. Check that out first. But I think if you want to go down the, the, the breeder route, you need to do your research to get the best kind of breeder in, you, you know, that really breeds for the love of the breed and to right. better the breed rather than just wanting to make money. Sometimes it's difficult to find them because, you know, unfortunately, you've got a lot of AKC-registered mm-hmm. puppies that maybe shouldn't be right. and, AK- and KC-registered puppies that shouldn't be and they're actually from large breeding facilities that look very much like, very similar to puppy mills. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that still goes on. It's something that we're fighting the whole time to, to really improve the AKC standards for their breeders, to improve the KC standards for their breeders. And not only that, not only to improve standards, um, but for, to also have reinforcement. As in, um, you know, we we want that there need to be more agents to go and make mm-hmm. sure that these breeders are actually doing what they say more they're checks doing. More checks and balances. So if they're registered, we need to have people going out there to make sure that everything's fine. So I wouldn't be against it, but you have to do your research and try breed-specific rescue first. Okay. Um, this one is from Holly from Perth, Virgin Islands. And oh, she nice. says, I love this question. Can, I come, can we do a podcast <clears throat> over there, yes. please? Can we come stay at your house, Holly? Uh, what do you believe makes a dog smart or intelligent? Is it speed for learning a trick, level of obedience, intuitive knowledge of how best to behave, bursts of independence, breed reputation, etc.? God, cetera. I love that question. I mean, and I love her. Like, she's, I talk about being smart and intelligent. It's Holly. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love that question. Oh, because it's it's got. But such you also a could have an hour answer, right? Massive answer. Yeah. Massive, and you need to watch our show in the UK. I think maybe in the Virgin Islands you might get the UK show that's coming out on Sky, spring summer of 2016, because it might answer a lot of your questions. Mm-hmm. I see intelligence as being very different depending on what kind of animal you are. So. A crow has to have a certain type of intelligence in order to survive. But it's a very different type of intelligence to what a dog needs in order to survive. And in fact, the intelligence that a domestic dog needs needs to be very different from the intelligence that a wild dog or a feral dog needs. So that's how I see intelligence as how does the dog or the crow or the cat negotiate its environment to be successful, to procreate and to survive? That's it. Um, But when we're talking about learning, learning is a type of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I believe that all of our dogs, there's a wonderful canine cognitive scientist called Dr. Brian Hare, who said that, um, you know, all dogs have genius. Uh, We all have genius. And he cites, uh, I think, a great 
um, anal- what's analogy? What's the word? Um, he, Steve Jobs, for example. Steve Jobs, he didn't finish college. Right. A lot of people didn't. But but he you know he created Apple. I mean, look, look at this. Look at this man. How intelligent is that? Yet he didn't finish college. And I and I really do think that's the same thing with dogs. Just because your dog might not be picking up things up very fast doesn't mean to say he's stupid. It just might mean he might learn in a different way. Two types of learner. And I'll just break it down very, very quickly. I call it an independent learner and a dependent learner. An independent learner is a great problem solver. So let's say you put some sort of game or a test or a challenge for your dog. Let's say you've got a screen. You have food behind the screen. You have your dog on the other side of the screen. The dog's got to um, negotiate that screen and understand that it's got to go around the screen to get the food. Right? Some dogs can't do it. Some dogs will try to go through the screen. Some dogs won't even try to go around the edges, and it's a very long, large screen. Mm-hmm. Some, some dogs won't even try. Other dogs, boom, they'll go straight around the screen to find the food. Um, and they're, they're, they won't use their noses even to do that. They'll just know that that's how they need to problem, solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some dogs that are very dependent problem solvers. So they'd be able to, they would sit, and they would know that there's food on the other side of the screen, but they wouldn't be able to do it, and they would look at, to you for help. How are you going to do it? Now, they've done studies where dogs that aren't good independent solvers then watch a person solving the problem. Once they've seen another dog or another person solve the problem, then problem solved. Then they can do it easily. Wow, it's just like people. people are, you either are somebody who needs who touches the burner several times and then <laughs> realizes it's hot, mm-hmm. or you're somebody who can watch somebody touch the burner and realize, oh, I probably shouldn't touch that burner because it's hot. So interesting, it's a different way of how you learn. Yes. And, and then no one is better than the other. No, right? it's not. But you, you know, if you've got a dog that's a really independent problem solver, independent thinker, then, then you've got a dog that's going to sort of going to be hard to control in a way. You want a nice mixture. You want a, a dog that problem solves and you also want a dog that also looks to you for help mm-hmm. and it's all about evolution you know these dogs have evolved with us over many thousands of years so they're very good now at asking us for help looking looking to us to 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 help them to to get what they need you know i wonder too you know you talk about personalities of dogs and i bet that you could figure out the personality of a dog by looking at how they solve problems because it would seem to me by logic um, and deduction that the the dog that is the independent one that would just figure it out and do it is probably the more like, you know, outgoing type dog who doesn't know a stranger and really like confident. And the one that looks to you probably is more of the quieter dog. The I'm going to say back in the background doesn't mean I'm not learning. You know what I mean? Like in, just like in well, people. You know what? It's interesting you say that. But however, some dogs that are really independent problem solvers um, don't actually need people so much and therefore are not as in tune with people and don't really want to be around or socialize with people hmm. that much. Interesting. Mm. That's why I say it's nice to have a combination. Yeah. I want to have a dog that's really a great independence problem solver, that, that, but also yeah. looks to me. It's you know? true. Like I have two different personality dogs. One, Cashmere, just goes for it. And the other one's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you should wait. And accidentally, once one of them opened the door, don't ask. And the white dog, Cashmere, the pit bull who's independent, was down the street. And what happened was 10 minutes later, when someone told us our dog was down the street, the other dog, the coonhound, was at the top of the driveway pacing like, I don't know. She went that way. She went that way. Go. And then, you, you know what I mean? And it's like sort of, he was like, I'll wait here in case she comes back so she knows where to go. It's interesting. Very interesting. Well, uh, if you guys have questions, again, and you want to talk about Ask Victoria, uh, and you want to ask her a question, go to the website, Positively.com, uh, and uh, you'll see, go Positively.com slash Ask Victoria, or you'll see a pull-down bar, a menu where it says, Ask Victoria the questions, and send them in to us. Um, we would love to hear from you and know what uh, what your problems are. Um, we, we, we have a special guest we have another special guest on I this special Thanksgiving, and, um, and she's going to ask us questions. We're sort of doing an animal academy. I like it. Let's jump right into the Let's Embarrass and Humiliate Holly segment. Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy. And I like this because it's not just Embarrass Holly, it's Embarrass Holly and Paula, so I have somebody else to hang my head in shame with. Excellent. <laughs> Here is my daughter, Alex Zyler, who's been working on these great quiz questions. They're not necessarily about dogs. 
Oh, good. Okay. So that you don't have the in because oh, I you're have no idea. Too. Oh, okay, good. Okay. I have no Thank idea. And, I, and my daughter, whenever she does quizzes for us, and, and we do, we play a lot of games. We do a lot of quizzes. Uh, I warn you right now, it could be quite random. Oh, and okay. she's really good. She outsmarts me all the time. It's it's really bad when you're shown up by a. How old <laughs> by is she now? One. How old are you now? Twenty-two. I'm eleven. Eleven. Well, yeah. going on twenty-two. All right, eleven. Gorgeous. Hi, Alex. <laughs> For the record, I would just like everyone to know that you're listening to a podcast and you can, in about 10, well, maybe about 15, 20 years after college. So what's that, about 10 years? You're going to go, oh, my God, you see that girl on that TV show who's got the lead character? I remember listening to her when she was 11 on a podcast. You heard it here first. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> That's it. All there right. we go. I like All it. All right, Alex, let's go for it. Okay, so first question. A couple celebrating their crystal wedding anniversary have been married for how many years? Told you this was random. Oh. Not necessarily about animals. Crystal. Crystal. All I know is silver. paper is one. Silver is 10. Uh, gold is... I'm no, going to say 15. Crystal? No, no isn't crystal better? Oh, it's not as good as gold. Gold's 15. No, crystal's not as good as gold. It's either 15, maybe you're 30. I don't know. It depends. And I like crystal. Have we? Uh, I wonder if we've all surpassed our crystals. We didn't even well, realize. I've been married 15. I've been married nine, so I don't. How long have I been married? 16 years. It's bad when you can't. It's 16 count. years. 16 so years. what? Um, so wait. So let's see. Silver. So it can't, so be, it can't be one of the big. It can't 50, be 25. 25, 25 is silver. silver. So I bet it's like 10 or 15. 10 is foil. Actually, oh. 10 is tin. That's oh gosh. Weird. Oh, oh really? Is it bad? Yeah. Oh, so I'm coming up on tin. Ten years with Sean, God I could love be wrong. him, and I'm getting tin. I could be wrong, but I saw on Facebook that somebody had their 10-year anniversary at their company, and somebody tin-foiled every single thing in their cubicle. Okay, good Literally. to know. Okay. All right, so then it's it's going to be 20. It'll be. I'll say 15 or 30. I'm going I don't 20. Know. I might say five. Five. <laughs> okay, what Alex. Is paper. That's cotton. Um, it's 15. Oh, Paula. Oh, my yeah, Thank you. Thank you very much. It. Who's keeping score? Wow. Alex All Trebek, right. are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's okay, that's I'm, a keep, great I'm keeping score. Paula, Holly, I hope you're. Yeah. I hope you're playing as you're listening too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because this is for you guys at home as well. This right. is about cats and sheep. If and cats, sheep. <laughs> <laughs> even more. You know, better. because cats you know, and sheep, I think of them all the time together. <laughs> okay, Alex. <laughs> if cats are feline, what are sheep? Bovine is birds, Bo- isn't it? No, no, bovine, bovine is cows. cows. No, cows. <laughs> <laughs> resident animal expert. Um, no, no, no. Only dogs. Only dogs. Equine oh, okay. is horse. Um, what are sheep? Um, What's the first letter? Sheep. What does it start with? No, you can't do that. I'm That's not, not tell you that. Sheep are... Um, Let's see. Mutton. Mutton nine. <laughs> Wait, no, no. She might be right. Wait, mutton. in Spanish, I mean... Aveja, arveja, oveja, oveja. But wouldn't it be more Latin? <laughs> right, but... Latin America, Latin America, Spanish. Hello. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. Well, there we go. I'm thinking some sort of. I think you might be right with mutton, mutton, mutton chops. That's a lamb. Uh, lamb chops. Mutton lamb. chops. Wait, lamb is a small sheep. It is. Lamb is a baby sheep. Lamb is a young sheep. It is. Mutton is an old. Yeah. Lamb. Is so when you have like a lamb that's a baby. It's lamb. It's baby. It's so it's like sheep. veal is a baby cat. Yes. That's why I don't eat meat. You see this? Yes. And mutton is Wait an adult yeah, sheep. I don't know. Sheep. Uh, I used to work on a sheep farm. I know. All right. So anyway, I'm going with sheep. What are you going with, Paula? Paul's going with mutton. Are you going with mutton? Well. <laughs> oh, our producer's getting in on this. Producer Van. So I have my. Um, I thought I was the only person in the world who ever was stupid enough to not know that a lamb was a sheep, but it's a <laughs> welcome. There, there are two family like running jokes in my family, and one of them is about the fact that I didn't know that when I was twenty something <gasps> years old. You didn't. I didn't know. I didn't put together that lamb was sheep. Well, look, I outpaced you by make twenty fun years, of me, and I feel thrilled now that yes. I have a fellow idiot. Thank you for welcoming me Thank you, in that with open arms. Oh my God! I, let me tell you, it was only when I was in my twenties that I learned that veal was a baby cow. And when my mom would make veal parmesan, I was mortified, but then she did tell us that all those years it was really chicken parmesan, but she didnn't want to lie to us anymore. <laughs> That's probably why. I'm, so. Holly, did you want to schedule an appointment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, yeah, that was just all horrifying. Right, Alex, anyway, but back us, to the baby, question. Do you have a guess? I'm, it's I'm going with sheep. Ovine. Uh, oveja. Yeah, but you oveja. said mutton. No, but then said I said oveja. oveja. Ovine. Ovejo. All right, fine. We give Paula the freaking oh, point. Darn it. 
We are doing so badly, Holly, you and I. It's okay, we're cute. Oh, I mean, five. I don't know you want to give me the point. I'd say 0.5, maybe. Okay. Well, you can have the point. That's fine. Oh, she can. I said I didn't even know that it was a baby. Okay. All right, All right Latin America. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> what is the word that des- that describes a plant that is both male and female? Not hermaphrodite. Not hermaphrodite. <laughs> not it's alive a, in my house. Isn't it hermaphrodite? <laughs> hermaphroditic. Um, isn't it hermaphrodite? That means no. There is a name because people? there's a ginkgo plant and there's something like because my parents accidentally bought the wrong plant and it stinks uh, outside their house and growing up. I'm and calling it. I'm going with hermaphrodite. Okay. Oh, hermaphroditic. Um, I'm going with confused. <laughs> confused. Yeah. It's hermaphrodite. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so you guys both got the point. Yes. All right. That's fine. Yes, yes, yes. Confused. I learned something today, so I'm really excited. (laughs) All right, next question, Alex. What is an otter's home called? An otter? A den? No. Um, An otter. They. Otters. Oh, Sean would know this. He loves otters. They. They. What is their home? That's a beaver. Beaver dam. Yeah, they make dams. Den. But an otter? Maybe she's right. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm gonna say den. The water. No idea. They live in the water. A holt. 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 I would have never known that in a I didn't know that either. Ever. Learn something new every day. Yes. I learned two things now. (laughs) Look, you guys are getting points for right answers. I'm getting points for how much I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In the human body, what is the hallux? The hallux. The hallux. H-A-L-L-U-X. Something, I'm going to go something with the mouth. Or I was the just thinking like halitosis. That's H-A-L. Is this something to do with like the sp- I'm going back or something? No, I'm, I'm going with the mouth. I don't know. So what part of the body, you said? It's the brain. Yeah, Did what you, part of the body? I'm go, yeah, I'm going with the mouth. So are you two? Um, Alex. Come on, girls. I'm, Sorry, Alex. 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 I'm going to do the skull. I'm going to skull. Skull. say upper the roof of the mouth. I have no idea. No. Uh, a big toe. Oh, oh we were so far removed. <laughs> About as far as you can get. Uh, I might have to toe. check her answers when yeah, we're done. Yeah. All right, here we go. Were we just talking about the intelligence of dogs? I'm much better on that. <laughs> that makes me sound smart. <laughs> this doesn't. All right, carry an on. Independent learner. What is Canada's national animal? Moose. Oh yeah. I have no idea. I think it is a moose. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't know. I think you're right. And you, um, you said it first. All right. So we could. Well, here, right, since you said that, I'm going to go with something else. I'm going to say the polar bear, which I know is wrong, but what I'm No, I'm and I'll say a bear, but. A, bear. a beaver. <gasps> oh. Are you weird. kidding me? Beaver. We have an eagle in this country. The <laughs> Canadians, their animal is a beaver. Well, they're very nice people. <laughs> And I guess an industrial, an industrious people. I have, I have no words for that. Well, then let's go on. Yeah, okay. Let's go Next on. question. <laughs> oh, I okay. Have some words. May Queen, Wisely Crab, Fox Whelps, and Lane's Prince Albert are all types of what? Piercing. No. Oh. Wait. Say that again. Um. May Queen, uh-huh. Wisely Crab. Fox Whelps, and excuse me if I'm saying all of these wrong. Oh, no, you got it. Then Lane's. Prince Albert are all types of what? Flowers? I don't know. Oh, I was going to go with some kind of a fish or like a... I'm going with... Some kind of a fish. A mollusk. (laughs) (laughs) That was random. (laughs) You said fish. I mean mollusk. No, anything that has a shell. (laughs) What is it? What is it? Apples. Ridiculous. (laughs) This we're in the food world. (laughs) Who's ever heard of that before? What did you say? I said, um, well, first I said piercing. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> I know one piercing that has one of those names in it. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. um, what explorer introduced pigs to North America? Oh, I know that. Yeah, well, well, the, can't, oh, wait, okay. I know then, you know that. No, let no, us guess first no, because otherwise no, I'm going to. Uh, America. I did. I legitimately okay. know that. The pig? I'm going to go with, well, I'm going to say Christopher Columbus. What are you going to say? Did Ponce de Leon come over here? I can't remember. I live on Ponce de Leon. I think he did looking for the Fountain of Youth. I don't know. What was that? All right. Well, she's going to go with Ponce de Leon. What are you going with? I have Columbus. 
It's Christopher Columbus. There you go. Holly, you Goodness, got I one. Just, I needed a point. That's all, just so you I can... You got one. All right. Well, this is the last, last question, one. I think. Oh, no. There's no way I can catch up. Can we have two more questions? Please. Okay. Let's just do two Bonus. more, just in case. Bonus <laughs> okay. question. All right. Name the world's biggest island. Australia. Greenland. You would think that, but that's a continent, isn't it? But it's also an island. It is an island. You're well, right. Well, that's my answer. You go continent. with what you want to do. You don't have to concur. Shoot. Greenland? <laughs> Greenland is pretty big. Idea. I thought about that. Are all continents islands? Pretty yeah, much. all continents are islands. Yeah, you're right. So are we talking about this is really bad. I don't know the. Def- I mean, you have to it. what is an island? I, mean, yeah, I feel like I'm one of those spelling bees. Can I get a, a country of origin, please? Can I get a definition, please? <laughs> I'd be so screwed. All right, we'll just pick something. Oh, I, I don't know. What the are you going with? Greenland. Greenland. I don't know. Okay. One second. Oh, oh she's Googling this. She, okay. What do we do before the Googles? I don't know. Island. An island is a piece of subcontinental land that is surrounded by water. Oh, so Very I, small islands, such as emergent land features on Atolls or something. Subcontinent. Can be called islets, scaries, keys, or keys. Did you see? Did you see? So Australia wouldn't count because it's not a sub. Did I you say Greenland, but I don't I'll know. I'll say Iceland. I have no idea. Wait, Iceland's so. small. Um, but I can't. So then Australia would not count because it's a continent. That's not fair. Yeah. I'm going with. Um, oh, that just threw everything off. Um, because I would have said Greenland because it's so big. I'm going with Greenland too. Greenland is correct. Yeah. <gasps> Iceland's tiny, Vic. It's yeah. little. Gosh, darn it. Okay, bonus question. So at York. least well, at least no. I'm oh. tied with Vic. <laughs> okay, so it's really between <laughs> Paul's got four. Bonus question yeah. is yeah. going to be a capital of somewhere. Oh, I'm really Let good at think. capitals. I'm really good at What capitals. is the capital of Latvia? Latvia? <gasps> mm-hmm. Come on, I'm really good at capitals. I'm really not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Could ask me Latvia. anything else. Like Why did that. you have to go with Latvia? Because it's the one that one person in my class had trouble on, and he's like the best person in the world. Oh, at really? Capitals. Well, because I'm really good at capitals, I'm like. Him. And then I googled it, but then he found out that I was okay. She's like, yeah, I did it because I googled it. All right, Latvia, the the capital of Latvia. Is Latvia is is uh, Latvia. It's Latvia, Latvia, kind of like no New York, idea. New York. What is it? I don't. Know. I think we, nobody has an answer. Nobody has it. Alex, what is it? Riga. Oh, I Riga. do know Riga. I've heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not okay. something that ever enters so, my little pea brain. So here's the deal. Paula wins with four points. Vic and I tied with second points, and I have learned that a lamb is a baby sheep. <laughs> that's worth And there you go. Everything. And that's thank why you, you don't eat meat. Yes, yes. And I'm very, uh, yes. Thank and, you, uh, Thank you, Alex. Thank you. On this Thanksgiving, we thank you for making us, exposing us, and... <laughs> yeah, how stupid we are. Um... <laughs> Well, Holly, it shows because we're tied that our sort of our level of intelligence <laughs> is very similar to each other. But we're um, we're fun people to be around. Yeah. I hope so. We gotta have something. <laughs> yeah, there's a redeeming quality, um, but awesome. And uh, Paula, thank you sure. for being thank here. As always, will you come back? We just it's so much fun here, and I feel much better. And, it is. And it's thank so you, Alex, for a great quiz. You're welcome. And um, thank you for everything. And, you know, I just wanted one quick thing. Um, you know, Thanksgiving's great, and we're all here and together. Not to, on a downer, but I wanted just to say thank you to um, all of our military serving overseas who are celebrating who knows where um, right now in this world. It's so crazy. And, you know, journalists, my fellow journalists who are spending the holidays overseas away from their family, you know, trying to cover what's happening in the world. So I thank all of them, and thank you guys for listening to us, and uh, we're thinking about y'all. A happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Everybody, everywhere. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.